devil are you? Yeah. I thought it was all set in tune well, today, yeah, well, you know, because so, we're both yeah, saying almost it. wrong key. Yeah, but um, right. So today we have got an interview with Jody Cook, and he writes about like Dogman, Bigfoot, Big kind of stuff. Yeah, mainly Dogman, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, well, this inter- interview was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was great. Gets graphic in places. Yeah, so it was really, really good. It's not one of them interviews where you listen to Dogman stuff and it's like they're all fluffy and you can feed them apples and all that shit. Yeah, this guy won't puss in the battle. No, he? there's a little bit of uh, gore in there as well, so yeah. Yeah. be aware of that. Well, yeah. all we got to say just before we get into that is uh, hopefully 10 days to go before the new microphones. Should have been here September, but they fucked us about and they delayed it till the 13th of October. I got an email the other day saying it's going to be the 17th of October. Uh, if it goes any longer than that, I'm going to just fuck them off, aren't we, and yeah, go somewhere and else. get some new ones, aren't we? Get some anyway, more stuff. I need not to rant here. Of course. So, let Jody do that. It's yeah. fantastic. So let's... Um, that's pretty much why we haven't been recording a lot re- recently, isn't it? It's because we're, we're waiting for the mic, see? So we're not recording yeah. loads got, of shit. Because... We just bought the uh, brand new mixer, yeah. and it looks really yeah. you know, the deal, doesn't it? Yeah, so we've you got know. all that shit, but we, you know, it's just, it's just so frustrating because we want to record stuff. We've got plenty of shows lined up to do, but yeah. we, we just... You know, we want to wait for the new mics, otherwise we'll end up redoing some of the shit, I guess. Yeah, so, but also, so anyway, so we've got a few shows that are in the bag. In the bag, so we'll just let them go out, will we? Yeah. So we're going to put them out. Hopefully, by the time they're out, the new mics will be here. So, Well, they will be either way, even if we have to go somewhere else. So, yeah, will be. Um, so without further ado, and uh, less of the ramble, yep. we give you... Jody Cook. My name is Jody Cook. I'm a uh, cryptozoologist in the United States. Uh, my main uh, research right now is on the dogman phenomenon. I've been doing uh, Bigfoot research for about 25 years. Prior to that, I was a UFO investigator for about five years. Um, kind of got into the Bigfoot stuff from dealing with the UFO phenomenon. And uh, just recently, like I said, within the last five years, started really getting into the dogman because the amount of sightings that are just popping up across the country uh, in Canada and basically in the rest of the world, uh, we're just getting a lot of really good um, you know, sightings coming through. So we created an organization called the North American Dogman Project, and we're the largest dogman research um group in the United States. We have 20 chapters. We even have a UK chapter. We have two Canadian chapters. We have a chapter in Australia and a chapter in New Zealand where we get reports from UK uh, dogman sightings uh, outside the United States. So Mm -hmm. been doing, like I said, been doing that for the last five years and we're getting a lot of really good stuff. Okay. So, I mean, People are going to be interested to hear that because I think most people sort of associate Dogman with just the United States, maybe, you know, North America kind of thing. Um, so when you say these these chapters are all over the world, essentially, what sort of countries are we getting Dogman reports from? Uh, actually, we're getting reports um, from the UK. We're getting them from uh, mainstream Europe, and we're getting them um, uh, a lot of reports coming out um, of East. Um, I'm sorry, um, yeah, Eastern Europe, which was you know right around the Poland, 
uh, Czechoslovakia and area, area right there going into Russia. We're getting reports. Uh, we just re, you know got one from Poland the other day, which was you know I found was kind of interesting. Um, South America, a lot of sightings coming out of South America. The biggest two, well, I can say, let me say it this way, but, but the three big spots are the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom. Those are the three biggest hot spots where the majority of the sightings are coming out of. Mm. Um, and when we look at, you know, the dogman as a whole, you know, as what the sightings are, um, they somewhat vary a little bit because um, the, the Canadians and the Americans look at dogman as the same different than what the UK looks at the dogman as you guys um, call it more uh, of, a, of a werewolf because it's traditional, I guess, um, with the UK culture yeah. Uh, yeah. going on, you know, going, going all the way back. Um, and you guys always, always called it a werewolf. Um, Sometimes like a hellhound. Yeah. Or, or yeah, or, or, yeah. or a hellhound. And the, the most interesting case that I found uh, in the UK was the hall case that took place. Um, that one is, I mean, the amount of witnesses that were involved in that one, that they, the, the size and the description of the creature, um, it was just phenomenal. I mean, that, that's, I think that's the, the biggest sighting that's going, you know, the most known sighting in the UK right now. Do you want to give a little summary of it? What, what basically what, there was, um, two individuals that were walking in a hall along, um, I, I believe it was like a canal area there. And they saw this large creature that looked like a werewolf eating on a German shepherd. And when the, when the creature saw them, he picked the German shepherd up with his mouth and was able to jump over an eight foot fence mm, yeah. with the German shepherd. Now I, I've, I've got a German shepherd, you know, mine's two years old. He's 125 pounds Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And, and they're, they're big dogs. So this one had to, you know, you're, you're talking about something eight feet, you know, or bigger, you know, 500 pounds to be able to take a hundred pound animal in its mouth and jump over an eight foot fence. I mean, this is not uncommon. Like if you're here in India, uh, for the tiger, the Bengal tigers, there picking someone up and jumping over a fence, you know, that that's very common there, oh, but yeah, you've you know, seen, because yeah, they're, everyone's they're, seen big cats take care. Yeah. Pre- pre- yeah. Pre- yeah. Stuff, yeah. 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 They're big cats. And, and for, you know, this creature to do it, um, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's remarkable. You know, the sighting, but, you know, we have to sit there and look, you know, when you look at the history of, of Dogman, you know, it, it goes further back in the UK than it does here in the States. And a lot of American researchers believe that this was something that was basically brought over uh, when the explorers came from Europe. And it was something that was here. Uh, different parts of now, if you go in different parts of the country, you'll hear people talk about where they believe that. You know, these are actual men, women that can actually turn into this creature. And they were here when they came over as settlers yeah. from Europe. Uh, it, like I said, it just really depends. My personal opinion, I think it's, it's a flesh and blood. This yeah. is a flesh and blood creature. This, this is a canine species that is able to walk bipedal. Uh, it, its hands are very similar to a human's hand. And the reason why you know, when you look at history, these sightings were not as abundant, you know, in the 17th and 18th century as they are now, because I think the numbers were pretty low. 
That's why. Well, I've got. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there's that. But what about like the fact that um, you know encroachment? You know, because we're defor- you know deforesting at such a rate. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> the forests are getting smaller and smaller. Um, there's more people, so I mean that, that. I mean that sort of like ties ties in there, I guess, as well. Oh yes, definitely. You know, when you start, you know, destroying their environment and their habitat, they're going to move in to your habitat. Yeah. You know, the, these things. Well, we're at, finding know, out. Just, sorry, I was just going to say, look at foxes. Oh. I don't know if you've got the same problem in the states, but foxes around yeah, here yeah, now. now. Yeah. You know, you can go out on a nighttime and probably see what ten, fifteen foxes. Yeah. Coming out now, aren't they? Yeah, because they've got no natural habitat left around here, you know? And I think, I know that's a small scale, but I don't know if you've got the same problem in the States, like, but... Yeah, we, we, we do. I mean, I live in a residential area, you know, really nice. I mean, we, we have no woods. We have maybe like a little patch here and there, but, I mean, we have deers in our neighborhood. We have bobcats in our neighborhood because, you know, there's just no area for them because, you know, with... with you know, the industrial revolution happening every day. Yeah. It, you know, you're having, you know, new, new buildings coming up and you're taking away their environment. And that is what is going on. And that's why I think because we're getting all these sightings now compared to, you know, a hundred years ago, because a hundred years ago, you know, everybody lived in the cities. No one really lived too much out into the country until they start expanding out. And the problem, like, you know, certain parts of, uh, the United States is it's a lot of flat land, a lot of you know farmland, and you have areas that are just a lot of forest, and you have areas that's a lot of desert and dry, and so the the amount of sightings vary in different parts of the country because of the environment, and where you have you know a ton of sightings happen in one area where they're doing all this you know. Um, you know, logging and stuff. I mean, the sightings are going down. So the next area, next over in the state, that's where everything's happening because they're moving into that area. And we can't really pinpoint saying this particular area, this particular area is where they're at because it it it, it, it moves because of you know all the logging and and you know building new homes and you know whatever you know they're doing uh, construction wise and pushing them out. And that's why. You know, we're, we're getting um, all these sightings that are taking place, even in residential areas. Uh, give you a perfect example. Here in Ohio, we have a uh, city of Akron. And the city of Akron has a lot of metro parks, and they're pretty good-sized metro parks. But they're seeing these creatures in these metro parks. And what they're doing in this one particular metro park they're leaving the park and going into the condominiums right across the street. And people are reporting almost hitting what they're saying are werewolves crossing the street. You know, yeah. so and what they're doing, they're going into the condominiums and they're pillaging through the dumpsters yep. for food. See, I, I, yeah, sorry, Joe. Dan, I, I think yeah, this is where yeah. it goes on to. Um... You know, where Bigfoot, it'll kind of hide, keep away, you know, it doesn't want to be seen. But then you get the dog man, and it's like, it don't give two hoots if he's seen or not, you know? it's Yeah, he he, fair, he doesn't have it fair towards human. Yeah. So, you know, he he's he's an apex predator, mm. so he doesn't show fair. A, a Bigfoot's different. A Bigfoot is a docile creature, depending on what part of the country you're talking at. Now... But he's not going to want to make human contact unless it's necessary. Okay. You know, and, and 
when people have Bigfoot sightings, it's usually by accident. You don't you don't find Bigfoot when you're going looking for him. It's by accident. So, and, and but when it comes to Dog Man, that's a whole different ball game. You know, people are talking about how they're you know something's tracking them in the woods, something's hunting them, and they they know it. They 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 feel it. They you know they they see you know the movement. They they hear the movement of something following them. So that's the difference between that and a Bigfoot. You know, Bigfoot's not going to sit there and go after somebody. He's going to stay away. These things are different. Well, I think it's a good point to just get like um, a description of these creatures. Uh, Are we talking roughly the same description all over the globe then, where these encounters come from? Oh, yeah. Um, the, The description of the creature is almost about 90% accuracy all over the world. Sometimes there's just a little bit of uh, change, either, you know, size, you know, color, the size of the snout, the size of the ears, uh, the lakes. And, and this is the, the kind of interesting thing. We have what we hear in the States, um, we call type one, type two, and type three of the dog man. And then you have the canine. So, you know, type one is what we confer to what people think is a Bigfoot and maybe get confused as a Bigfoot or a Bigfoot confused as a dog man. Okay. The type, all right. So type two is the same, same size of what a Bigfoot would be. Then it would have a snout, the pointed ears, but the legs would be more similar to a Bigfoot. The body would be more similar to a Bigfoot. Again, possible um, confusement between a dog man and the Bigfoot. Now, when you get into the type three, that's where it gets interesting. Now you have something that is very canine looking with the snout, with the ears, you know, but the only difference is the legs and the feet are more human. Hmm. Okay. 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 So then when you get into the canine, it's it's your typical Van Helsing style werewolf, werewolf. Yeah. It, where it has the backward legs like a dog. Yeah, that's the only difference between a canine and the, ho- hawks, the type it? three yeah. is is the, is the legs. Yeah. So, um, so are these creatures then uh, comfortable going on two on two legs then, uh, Jody? You know, because we we hear a lot of things, don't we? Really, where there's the head that popping, don't they? Yeah. You know, with the leg. I mean, I mean, are they are these creatures comfortable on two legs or? You know, you know what we're finding out in all the reports that we're getting uh, and talking to other researchers, um, you know, across the country. These things are comfortable on two legs, but they they'll move more faster when they are on all fours. Yeah. Okay. What? But you, when they get in, when they get into a defensive mode or when they get into an attack mode, it seems like that's when they more get on two legs, and they'll they'll walk. On two legs, you know, people have seen them walk on two legs. But when it comes to traveling, I think in far distance or getting away from an area or coming towards someone, they're going to go on all fours. But we have had reports where these things will be on all fours and get up on two legs and run. And we just got a really, really good story out of Land Between the Lakes, Kentucky, because um, we're doing a documentary on that right now. 
And it's, it's a very horrifying story. And this is the deathbed confession from an eyewitness. This individual, um, he worked for the Kentucky fishing game, but he was fishing down in land between the lakes. He didn't work at land between the lakes. He just happened to be there on leisure time fishing. And as he was coming back, um, from fishing for a couple hours in the morning, he started about four, four thirty in the morning to about seven, seven thirty and started heading back. And as he was heading back in his boat, he seen a campsite off to his left. So he saw the tent, he saw, you know, the truck that was there, but he also saw a large dark object off to the right of that tent. And it was all on all fours. Of course, he thought it was a horse because of the size of it. Okay. And then as he's, then as he's getting closer, he noticed it, it looks more like a dog, the high pointed ears, the snout. But he said at that point, it got down into a, like a attack mode, like you would see like a cat or a lion getting ready to do before they pounce. Yeah. And it, and it got down into that position. He said at that time, two people got out of the tent. And this was about, like I said, about seven, seven thirty in the morning. And there was, you know, a low fog. It was in October, uh, nice chill in the air. And, you know, the, uh, the man came out first and the woman came out first and he, you know, he's waving to him and he's pointing over saying over there, over there, turn around over there to get their attention. And, you know, they're like waving at him, like, you know, hi. And, and, and that's what they were thought doing. And he's, I mean, he's getting ballistic yelling at them, telling them to look. And he said, this thing got up off of all fours, got on two legs and ran like a sprinter over to them and pounced both of these people. And he said, I, he goes, I sat in my boat urinating on myself, watching this creature kill these two people. Oh man. Whoa. And this, this was in 1979 when this happened. Did he, did the creature know that he was there? He, he said he, if the creature knew he was there, the creature ignored him. He was about um, 20 yards off the shoreline, yeah. so which isn't that far of a distance. You know, but it was enough for, you know, the, the creature could have, you know, easily spotted him. But he said, you know, there, he goes, there's nothing I could do. I had no gun on me. I had nothing on me. All I could do is sit there and watch, you know, in this remote area, these two people get killed and scream for their lives by this by this creature attacking them. And he described it. And, he, and the thing of it is, he kept the story for you know since 1979. Never told anybody until uh, just recently when he found out that he's dying of cancer. He told his family about it. His family said, "You got to go forward with this story. Yeah. You have to." Yeah. And, and and he heard me on a radio show. Um, or his, um, excuse me, his daughter heard me on one of the radio shows and contacted us and we sat down and interviewed him. And, um, you know, like, like the guy said, I mean, you know, um, this is something that haunted him all of his life Absolutely. for what, for, for what he saw. Um, he said it was the most horrible thing he's ever seen. Um, you know, and I, I, I played out and asked him, I said, well, why didn't you notify the authorities? And he goes, what would, who would have believed me? Yeah. Yeah. He goes, who, who would have believed me? He said, I would have lost my job. 
because the land between the lakes is very well known area for Dogman. They yeah. they've got they oh well, you've heard the beast of land between the lakes, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And the stories. Well this this no one has ever heard this story before. This is the first time anybody has ever heard this story and we we got the guy on tape talking about it, describing it, telling it detail by detail what happened. And he described the creature as you know, very large, dark hair, legs like a dog, you know, hands like a human, high pointed ears. But he said the snout was kind of, was not as big, but the head was kind of like a lion or a, um, hyena. Hyena. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of the name right there. A lion or a hyena is how he described it, but he said it kind of like had a mane. You know, around around it a little bit, which is you know not uncommon for some sightings that we're getting. Um, but I mean, it was just horrifying. You know what this guy was. You know what this was guy he, was saying. Was he able to um, find out who those the victims were? Well, he, he this is what he said. He goes, "What I did was I um, got all the local newspapers in that area." to find out if anybody was found, you know, dead or murdered or killed by accident or whatever. He said there was nothing in the media. He said there was mm. absolutely nothing. He, he had friends that actually worked there, and he asked them by saying, you know, I, I heard there was an accident, so people got attacked by a bear or something down there. And they said, no, we never heard anything about it. Yeah. So yeah. they and covered it up. That's suspicious yeah. straight away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. straight away. So, so we got to go to the site where – the, the incident happened and they just basically um, kind of bulldozed it over, kind of put mounds in there. So where no one can camp at that site anymore. Mm. And you that's, know, that's, so re- that's really common. Isn't is it? that kind of possibility yeah. that that could have been like a dogman territory? You know, or yeah. It, you know, could it be there, there? There's, there's so many stories coming out of the land between the lakes of, Dogman sightings and dogman stories. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And the, the park, the park knows in, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm on their crap list. You know, they know, <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, they know who I am. Um, they've been following my website. They've been following my Facebook page and, and they told me, they told me straight out, you know, that they're, they're, they're keeping an eye on me. Um, and thing. So it, it's 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 just really. You know, I mean that. I mean it sounds sinister, but do you think they're doing that because they want to understand a bit more about what's going on? No, they they know exactly what's going on, and they have an incident down there that they can't take control of. Yeah, well that's what that, I mean. You know what I mean? Because that's that, that's the impression I get is that the, the yeah. you know they're just as much in the dark as everybody else. Yeah, they're you know the thing now they're saying oh yeah we do have bears down here we do have cougars down here we we have you know this we have that you know that could you know that could attack somebody and kill somebody that you know that they can use to say hey oh no this person wasn't killed by the beach of land between the lakes this person was killed by a cougar or this person was killed by a bear well yeah they could they could run with that if they want but you know. It, not every single coroner and not every single police officer is going to keep their mouth shut. No. You know, that's the problem. And, and, and that's what's going on now is the amount of law enforcement that, that's coming forward 
and telling us, you know, these stories that are going on. It's like the family that was killed that land between the lakes. You know, we already had two former police officers come forward who stated that they were there on site when that incident happened. And they're like, it, it's 100% true. Mm, yeah. 100% true. And the thing about it was so interesting about this case. It happened in the early eighties. And I, I was a deputy sheriff, um, back in the eighties before I joined the army. And I was at a um, seminar in Kentucky in 1987. And I remember talking to a Kentucky state police officer about this incident. We, we were just talking about this odd, odd stuff in law enforcement. And he brought this story up and told us. And that's the first time I heard about the, the killings that took place in Lane Between the Lakes of the family was in 1987. Okay. So there's some, you know, truth to this story. I think but like I said, uh, it, it's getting covered up. Yeah. Absolutely. I well, think we know that, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. I think it's important to, um, to put these cases on record, you know, of people getting attacked or, or, or worse by these creatures. Cause, uh, same goes for the Bigfoot to some extent as well, because you wear so much, uh, propaganda, if you like, on telly and all the rest of it, yeah, that these properties. creatures are harmless yeah. and you can yeah, go. The Hendersons. Yeah, you can go give them apples and. Yeah, yeah. Loving and creatures, that. lovely they are. Uh, you yeah. know, and they'll build you a, some sort of, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Tree house yeah. or something. Yeah. But it, yeah. You know, I mean, so you get people going out there camping out and, you know, yeah, and, and you get, the, the, I mean, looking for them. one of the problems is really is that people go out looking for them because yeah. they, they look at TV and say, Oh yeah, look, the friendly, this one came out and, you know, uh, waved at me and all this. And I think a lot of people go out thinking that that's what they're going to you know, expect to see. And I think the reverse is nine times out of 10, the reverse is the, the opposite, you know, that's what actually happen. happens. Yeah. So, um, you know, do the majority of cases that you get then, are, are they most of a mundane, you know, just just glance it, cross the road type stuff? Or is there a lot more cases of attacks, that kind of thing, that's coming out that's maybe not being talked about as much? There, There is. Uh, there's a lot. W- when it comes to dogmen, that's what you're talking about right now, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, there's a lot of cases where... Yeah, people are seeing it across the road or people seeing it in the road. Or then you have the cases where people are being chased by it. And then you have cases where people are actually being attacked, you know, at in their homes or in their cars. Mm. Okay, you don't yeah. hear a whole lot about that about when it comes to Bigfoot. Because that's something normally Bigfoot would not do. But give an example, there was a police officer in Louisiana that contacted us and he was in the bio and he was just going down an old road one day or one evening rather. Uh, and he's seen this large creature eating something in the middle of the road. So he's pulls up on it, not exactly right on it, but he pulls up close enough to see it throws on his dash cam. The thing stands up and looks at him and he says, this thing was a werewolf. He says, this was a Lucaroo. He said, yeah. this was the Lucaroo. And it came at the car. So he threw the car in reverse and things coming at him. And he said, the thing jumped on the hood of his car and started to smash the windshield yeah. on the car. Yeah. And then finally, he ended up throwing the brakes on 
and the you know he flipped the thing flipped over the back of the car and he took off, but he had it on his dash cam. So he gets to back to the station. His you know windshield busted. There's scrape marks on the hood of his uh, vehicle. You know he shows the uh, tape and everything to his you know commanding officer there. A officer you know tells him go ahead and make your report. You know, and to take, go ahead and take the rest of the evening off, get yourself together. Guy comes back in the next day, talks to his, um, uh, shift commander. Shift commander's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. What, what incident? His car was already repaired. The hood was repaired. The windshield was repaired. There was no dash cam footage whatsoever. They sat there and covered that up and, and fixed everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just completely. And and they made him out, and they made him out to be like he's a liar. And he goes, I'm telling. He goes, next time I get this thing, I'm going to go off to Kinkos or one of these other places, and I'm going to copy it before I send it back in. Mm. But this is the incident that we're having. I mean, we're, we we got incidents where these things are trying to get in people's homes, you know, through like the little dog ports, you know, on the door, or trying to get in through windows. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, these things are very, very aggressive. Mm. You know, the, you know. It, I mean, is it food orientated generally? What's that? Is it food orientated? That you know, the reason why they're trying to get in these people's houses, or I, I think a lot of it is is that they're territorial and mm. they don't like people being in their area, and, and I think that has a lot to do with them. And they know if they harass a home long enough, those people are going to leave. Mm. You would, yeah. You know, mate, yeah. But you would have thought though, you've got a dangerous creature like this. Uh, why cover it up? You know, you get some, uh, you get the uh, the army out and take it out or whatever. Why keep it low key? Why mm. let these uh, creatures breed? Why are they still out there? Why are they, you know, it don't make sense to me. You know, why? Well, <laughs> they know that they're there they're, and they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. Exactly. I, I talked with a Canadian wildlife um, officer in Canada and he told me that you know, it's a very hush-hush thing, but he said that the Canadians, they have a, a quick response team that handles dogman-related incidents in yeah. their parks. That they will say, if, if there's if there's one in the park, they send this team out, and this team goes in, they, you know, they'll take it out. They'll remove it. They, 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 they kill the problem. Do, do the United States has something like that? I'm sure we do. If the Canadians got it, I'm sure we have it because this thing obviously crosses over borders. Mm. And but here, here's the problem. You know, this this is the apex predator. This this is the killing machine. So yeah, it's not like Bigfoot. And I'm going to give you perfect examples here. Now I wrote the Division of Wildlife and U.S. Forestry Service in the United States here under the Freedom of Information Act about Dogman. They both denied my request for records. Okay. okay. I'm doing okay. all. They can't do that. I'm doing mm-hmm. all. They can't do that because it's a freedom of information act. The only way they can do that if it's is like if, significance. Exactly. If it's classified or yeah. if it's something for, you know, Homeland security yeah. for, you know, defense purposes. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. That's the only way they can do that. So that tells me they got classified documents. Okay. On dog man. And they're not releasing that information. Mm. So, but the but you know, like the FBI, FBI's got two thousand classified documents on Bigfoot. You know, I wrote them under the Freedom of Information Act, got twenty two copies of blacked out 
trash of Bigfoot, you know, from the FBI. But the FBI was really cool about it. You know, they, they helped me get the information. They told me how to properly do it and get it. They, you know, the FBI doesn't go out looking for Bigfoot. There's no X-Files in the FBI. Mm. The reason why the FBI has 2,000 classified documents on Bigfoot is because FBI agents are trained so well, they document everything yeah. when they're doing a report. So if one seen one, it's going to go in a report. If they're in an area that they're doing a heavy investigation and one came in an investigation, it's in the report. If these FBI agents' identities are kept undercover for reasons, that's another reason. Or was it on federal property? You know, was it on, you know, federal property that not supposed to exist? That kind of stuff. That's why they're classified. Not because they're hiding things from, you know, the American people. It's just they're protecting the identity of, you know, the officers that were involved in these reports. You know, so, and, and but, but like I said, the FBI is really cool about it, you know, helping out. So, and, and that's, that goes, that's, looks at what I'm saying is it's different because you have an apex predator and you have a, a, a an animal that's a docile creature that really there, there's, there really isn't any validated report of a Bigfoot killing someone or attacking someone other in Native American culture. Mm-hmm. But in the white man culture, there's not. See, I, I get, I've got kind of a theory and, uh, you know, it's from long distance, but, you know, it's fairy nevertheless, but my impressions of what's going on is that Bigfoot is an expert um, hider, you know. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's deliberately covers his tracks. You know, some accounts you'll get people following tracks and they'll just, you know, he'll take a sidestep, you know, mm. that kind of thing. Um, sometimes you'll he'll, he'll backtrack, some, you know, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> now, if you're an apex predator, okay, you don't need to cover your tracks. You know, a lion's not thinking about, oh, I wonder if a, a, you know, a gazelle will know where I've been. It's not thinking that way. It's just thinking about its dinner. Um, mm-hmm. So that tells me that Bigfoot is worried about, you know, somebody finding it or something finding it. So it's, to me, it, it's acting like a prey animal. I mean, it's, it sounds ridiculous to say, given the size of Bigfoot and, and all the rest of it, but... It's acting like a prey animal. Um, you know, mm. I imagine exactly yeah. what early, early humans did when the, you know, the dire wolves and all this were after us. Um, and I wonder if, you know, we've been locked in this battle between wolf and man, uh, you know, ever since the, the dawn of day, aren't we? So I, I wonder if this dog man is, you know, preying upon Bigfoot. So, I mean, what, where would you stand on that? There, there's, there's quite a given example laying between the legs. If, there's there's a road called Route 28, okay, that separates north and south, uh, land between the lakes. All the dogman sightings are on the north, and all the Bigfoot sightings are on the south. Yeah. Okay. Now we know there's a Bigfoot that runs around in the northern part that they call the Old Man, which is a very large Bigfoot, and he's been seen a lot in the northern part of land between the lakes. So this guy shows no fear. And I don't think he he'll he tolerates the ignorance of a dog man. Now when it comes to a, a fight between the dog man and a Bigfoot, 
you know, strength wise, mm-hmm. I go with the Bigfoot. Um, but when it comes to, you know, weaponry, it's the dog man. But I think the dog man could tear Bigfoot up pretty bad, but I think a Bigfoot's going to be able to be able to kill it, you know, yeah. easily. But he's, he's going to get, he's going to get some, um, he's going to get hurt in the process. And I think they know that. I think what they do, they respect each other's areas. But then again, you're going to have one that it's just going to be a complete idiot and he's going to challenge the other one. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what, when, when it comes to Bigfoot and Dogman, I think that's what it is. They kind of try and stay away from each other if necessary. But I think there's points where, you know, sometimes they work together. And I was talking actually with one researcher that this guy, when he's out in the field, he puts, um, uh, pro cams on his back and on his front when he's out. And he noticed going back, looking at some of the footage that in one particular area, he was being, he know he was being tracked by something on both sides of the roadway. And when he was going back, looking at the, fi- um, the film footage, he found out that there was a Bigfoot and a dog man, both tracking him. Yeah. Ooh. And, and, and these pictures are kind of really, I mean, they're, they're really neat pictures because you can see the dog man's head and snout perfectly. And you see this Bigfoot and you see his face and shoulders roll perfectly. You know, and, I mean, but at times maybe, you know, when they're both in an area, they, they find us the threat instead of finding each other the threat. You know, so, um, but why, why, why would you, I mean, you know, that's the thing I can't, and we'll go on to this like supernatural element in a minute and, and, um, you know, versus the flesh and blood, yeah, but, yeah. you know, why would Bigfoot need to hide from humans? Well, because, uh, here's the thing. Because, I, I, uh, sorry, I'll just clarify that because there's accounts of trade between, you know, what we call the Bigfoot. I know it's like, you know, the Almasty and stuff like that, you know, in like Mongolia. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's, right. there's, there's accounts of trade between humans and, and these creatures um, going way back. So at some point there was sort of an understanding between, um, I, 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 I don't know if that's a, the case in America, but, the Native American. Yeah, but the, the, you know, there was some sort of trade going on between us. So that at one point we was equals almost. So, yeah, kind of respect. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. what what happened? I mean, what I mean, if you know, who are they hiding from? Basically, in, in, in America, okay. Not 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 all Native American tribes had issues with Bigfoot. Okay. Now, in part of the country where I live, we had the Cherokee and the Shawnee and the Blackfeet and the Heron. Okay, were the were the main tribes in in my area. The Cherokee had no issues with Bigfoot. They had a dance they called the Booger Dance. And what the Booger Dance was, it was the wild man or the wild woman of the woods would dance with the children in a circle. And basically, if the child was not a good child, if the child wasn't paying attention to the parents, if the child wasn't doing their chores, not doing what they're supposed to do, the wild man or the booger, would come and pick the children up at night, put them in a basket, take them away and eat them. So they would do this dance among with the, with the, you know, children Mm. and the creatures called the booger. So when the white man 
was going further west, then he's picking up all these folklore Native American cultures. So that's where we get the boogeyman today. Yeah. yeah. Okay, is because of that. Now, the Shawnee. Shawnee had issues with Bigfoot. They had battles with Bigfoot. They called them the Big Blue Giant. And we have a Native American museum here in Ohio where we actually have a battle axe that the Shawnee used to fight the Big Blue Giants with. Yeah. In that in that museum, because they were more violent towards the Shawnee, because the Shawnee was a warring tribe, and I think that's what the problem is. When you Cherokee were not Cherokee was not a warring tribe, so and, and when it comes to Native American culture, excuse me, Native American culture, the the, the Bigfoot tendency to have more relationship with non warring tribes than they did with warring tribes. And the same thing with the white man. With the white man, I mean, the American, we're violent. We're violent people. Okay. And mm. we, 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 we see something we don't understand back in those days. They killed it. Plain and simple. Yeah. yeah. You know, so in that, and I, and I, I really believe in a Bigfoot community that they share stories and they share things among the young, like we do with ours. There's a communication process they have. They have to have a communication process. And I believe that's what they do. They know when you see the white man, he's dangerous. He's got that stick that goes boom that can hurt you. You stay away from it. And they have a tendency to do that. Mm. You know, they're more of a family-oriented creature than a dog man would be. A dog man says his whole... Life surrounds eating, sleeping, and appropriating. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, Bigfoot is different. He he's family oriented. He he's he's a teacher. He teaches the young how to you know stay alive, how to protect themselves, you know, how to you know cope with the environment. You know, it's a whole different thing. You know, so and I think that was has a lot to do with like different parts of the world. You have people that are peaceful people who are able to coexist with these creatures. Ooh. Certain part of the countries, you can't, you know, you just can't. We're here in the United States, you know, and probably the rest of the world, we're encroaching on their habitat. Mm-hmm. We're destroying their habitat, you know, and that's making them angry, you know, but in the United States as a whole, they're, you know, we, we have probably, I would say three, different groups of Bigfoot. You have much larger ones in the Pacific Northwest area that are very, very docile, meaning that they don't make human contact unless absolutely necessary. Then you have the Southern Bigfoot, okay, which are more, look more like an ape than a regular Bigfoot would do. And this is where you get your three-toed and your four-toed. And they're, they're violent. They're violent down there. Now, and then you have up in the east, of, you know, east of the Rockies, you have a Bigfoot that is about six to seven feet, very stocky, and he's extremely aggressive. Okay. Yeah. So, but if you want to look at this as a whole, let's, let's, let's say like, um, the abominable snowman. Okay. In the Himalayas, I believe he is a gigantopithecus. Mm, I think yeah. he, I think, I think that's an ape. That is an actual, that species is an actual ape species. It's not like the Yowie and it's not like the Amiska or, you know, 
the or wild man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you have to look at it this way. You look at the human species, right? We're, 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 we're human, and that is our species. But we have different races in our species. We have Asian, we have Hispanic, we have black, you know, we have white. So why not in the Bigfoot species would they, we wouldn't call them races, but breeds, like yeah. a dog, like, yeah. you know, the canine species. You know, they're, they're canine, but they're different breeds of the tigers, lions, pumas. Exactly. Same thing with cats. So why not in the Bigfoot community, why would they not be different breeds of well, we the have that, animal? We have that, you know, we have that example with primates anyway, you know? Exactly. Well, exactly. A human's a primate. Mm. You know, yep. we're, 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 we're a primate just like a gorilla, chimpanzee, and orangutan. The, you know, chimpanzee is the closest species to human. You know, there's only like a, a, a point and a half difference in our gene structure. You know, it's just we're, we're, we just evolved better than, you know, the other ones. You know, but, but, you know, if you look at a chimpanzee, they're very human. They, they, you know, they're monogamous. They, they die of grief. They cry. They love. They hate. They kill. They kill out of anger. No other species, primate species does that other than human. Yep. Gorillas do not kill out of anger, out of spite, out of love. I mean, my cat gets pretty violent if I don't feed it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. but, Right, but but they won't but kill me. Yeah, I get your point. Right, but, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's why their species is so close to ours. You know, the human species. I mean, we're, we I mean, we kill for joy. We kill for love, anger. Mm. You know, stupidity. You know, same thing. You know, we kill in groups. Yeah. Same thing with chimpanzees. So you think why that, you think that's you know synonymous with living in a group or a clan? Yeah, exactly. Right. I, 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 I truly believe that. But the thing of it is with Bigfoot, I, I, I think that he is a prime. He's somewhere between a human and the ape. He, he's mm. both, he's both of us. He's just somewhere he broke off the evolution tree somewhere. He is something that's always been here because a lot of DNA people are getting from hair and it will show up. You know, primate DNA. Okay. But then you have human DNA and they'll say, well, you know, it's contaminated because it's got human DNA. Well, it's most likely it's not contaminated because this thing has some type of human DNA in it. Yeah. So I would definitely say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, so they, you know, like I said, they, they, they say no, it's, 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 it's not because of human DNA. But he has to be some. He has to be connected to us somehow. Mm. I mean, uh, he's I, a, he, I he's mean, a, I'd sort of link it back to the Cro-Magnon. I think that's where I'm sort of splitting off from there. I think, I think, goes, uh, I think it goes back further, mm. much, much further back. I think that. he's more probably, in a weird way, he's probably more evolved than we are. So right. we, we're not. Got, we're, I, you know, where, where was we see ourselves as the end of the line? Well, I mean, right. I mean, I look at it. I, I, I think he has common sense. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he has really intelligence. You know. Yeah. Because there's no reports of like fire or, or tools right. or this kind of thing. Mm. Right. Right. You but see I chimps think, doing that, but, don't you? Not fire. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but, but if he lit a fire, you yeah. could see where he is. Well, there he, is that. He, as well, he's going to try and hide himself. He's not going to build a fire, and you know, so yeah. you know. So is that intelligence? Yeah, but tools. It, I, well, yeah. Let, 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 let me rephrase that. Um, 
I think he has intelligence, yeah. but I think he has more common sense than intelligence. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that's a little bit better. You know, um, you know, I mean, you look at the human species, you know, we're broken, we're broke, we're broken up that way. You have those who have intelligence and you have those that have, you know, common sense and mm. very seldom do you find one that has both. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> I've worked for a lot of bosses that sort of fall into that camp. You know, well, <laughs> intelligence, but no common sense. Yeah, we shouldn't be yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We should yeah, be exactly. good we at reading. Have to work, you know, I've that's read that's the books. Good. I can do the tests, but I, I can't do it. No. <laughs> but uh, so, obviously, with the um, the dogman being canine, and most canines living in packs, um, why do you think we we don't see majority reports of them being in packs? You know. It's we 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 are uh, we're we're seeing you know we're starting to see now a lot more reports of them running in packs. Okay. Um, perfect example. Um, well, obviously the paranormal witness show, yeah, uh, the yeah. wolf pack. That one was one of the most common. But we had another one that took place in uh, east side of Akron, which is like I said, Akron's a very heavy area for dogman sightings. There was a uh, gentleman, 68 years old, avid hunter, turkey hunter. Every year, ever since he was a kid, always went out hunting turkey. And he was in a wooded area. He heard turkeys, and then all of a sudden the turkeys just stopped. So he thought, well, maybe they heard him. Yeah. So yeah. He, he just stayed still for a little bit, still couldn't hear him. So he decided to walk, you know, go out of the wood line into a little open area before passing into the other side where he heard the turkeys. And he said, right when he got in the middle, he said five of them came out on him and made a circle around him. But he never said dog man. He never said werewolf. He said dogs. He said five dogs running on their hind legs came out and made a circle around me. And that's exactly the way he said it. Nothing about dog man or werewolves. And he said only one showed aggression towards him, was showing teeth, snurring, growling. He raised his weapon at it, it stopped, and moved back. But when I asked him, I said, could you describe what they look like? He said they were kind of like a wolf, German shepherd, husky. Yeah. But he said, yeah. they were, they said they were about, you know, six feet, seven feet tall, uh, except for the one that was shown aggression was much smaller, about six feet. Okay. The youngest, yeah. Maybe a yeah. female. Yeah. Female? Ex exactly. That's what he said. Because this, this is what he said. And, and a lot of people don't know most, uh, a, a, a pack, uh, alphas are females in wolf, yeah. in wolf packs. So what he said, he did, when, when he was going on describing these animals, he said that their, their front paws, the fingers were much longer, almost like a human. He said, I, even a, a thumb was there. He noticed. Mm. Okay. And you know, like how a dog will sit up on his hind legs and bag with, yeah. the, with yeah. you know, arms in front. He said, that's how they, the arms were on these. They were like, you know, where the palms were down and you saw the back of their hands. And they, you know, they were sitting there going, <sighs> You know, making that, you know, sound like they do. But he noticed that the genitalia on the males were not typical genitalia on a dog. He said they were more human looking. 
Oh, yeah, that's interesting. But but he said he said the one that was showing aggression, he couldn't see it on that one, so he felt that was a female. Yeah. But they didn't, you know, attack him or anything. They kind of like made him move out of the area. Yeah. Yeah. Back into the wood line. Um, and you think what happened was that they came along, the Turk got on the turkeys, and he, he saw them. He, he, that, they were protecting their food, you know, against him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he said that, you know, he ran, and they kind of went after him a little bit, and they stopped after he got, you know, pretty far out. Yeah. But they, but, you know, he said that, uh, you know, he said they were dogs. He goes, man, I don't understand how these dogs are able to, uh, you know, walk and, and run on two legs. And, you know, but he never said werewolf or dog meat. He had no idea what these things were. Yeah. None whatsoever. But they're, they're the ones I like, you know, because a lot of people say, oh, you know, this stuff only came about when people start watching, I don't know, Twilight or something, yeah, you know, all the films, all yeah, the werewolf yeah, films. Or, yeah, yeah, Underworld, yeah. that kind of shit. Yeah, Underworld, yeah. I mean, this goes yeah. way, way back. I mean, um, going back. I mean we, we've got stories going back to, like, North, North Africa, you know, Morocco, places like that where people seen these things forever and uh, but they're more dis- described but more as a hyena looking creature than mm. than you know the traditional werewolf looking creature and exactly fact, and sometimes yeah. spotty as well yeah. and there's um, trade as well and stuff, yeah and trade everything. going back to india and places like yeah. that you know uh, you know so because you get a lot of people saying this about this genetic experiment. Maybe the government sort of uh, made these things as like some sort of killing machine. Yeah, uh, let them free. Yeah. You know, I mean, if that was the case, happens. then there'd be well, a lot of people who knew about it. And they'd, surely they'd roll them out if they had, had them, you think? Well, well you know, I, I don't know if, if they're a genetic creature that was made by the government. Because, you know, if you look at the history of... Dog-headed people or dogman. It goes all the way back to Greek mythology, Viking history, yeah, uh, yeah. E- even Catholic Church. Uh, Saint, yeah, yeah. You know, Saint Christopher, the original Saint Christopher, had a dog, dog head. head, but you can't find that now. He's like the, the yeah. here. They yeah. took that off. He's one of yeah. Jesus's mate. Now he's a, now he's got a human head. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and, and the Catholic Church, you know, they they corrected that. You know, uh, they corrected that very very well. You know, and every once in a while you can find some old um, drawings and old pictures of the St. Christopher with the dog head. Mm. So, but as far as, you know, that being um, genetic, I, I don't know. I, I, I talked about this story once before. I was down at a convention. Uh, I, I was asked to speak at a paranormal convention. And it was, um, they needed a cryptic guy there. So they asked me to do it. And after the convention, the hotel had a restaurant and bar. So we all went, you know, we'd go eat. And so I went up to the bar to get something to drink. And there was a guy sitting at the bar there and he was asking what, you know, what's going on here? What's all these people? And I told him it was a paranormal conference and he goes like ghosts and stuff. And I said, yeah, he goes, is that what you do? And I said, no, I, I do Bigfoot and Dogman. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about. And he goes, dog man. And I, you know, I told him, you know, the werewolf and kind of explained it to him. And we're sitting there talking about it. And then this guy was obviously military. Uh, most people in the military, you're, you can tell they were military by, you know, either their tattoos or their haircut and, or the way they speak or their stature. So, you, you know, you know, someone's already been in the military can always tell someone who's been there. So he, he told me the story 
that he was part of a special operations team that um, had an incident with these dogmen. Okay, and this story is like really out there. Ooh. And what he said was that um, the, these things are not flesh. Well, they're flesh and blood, but but they're not something that's just always been. He said they're they're an alien species. They're okay. they're they're a violent alien species, and that one of their craft end up crashing. So we end up getting a group of them, and but they're so dangerous that they kept them out of the country and they put them in. A, a facility somewhere down in South America. But he said that they wore like an armor and their weapons were, um, you know, quite different from ours. So we, we had our, our traditional weapon gun that we had, you know, a rifle would not kill them. You had to have a special type of weapon to do it because of their armor. And he said that, um, what these things did, they got out of the facility they killed everyone in the facility, got out, went into a neighboring village and started killing everyone. So these, they had to, you know, go down there and kill these guys. But he said the thing about them was for an alien species that they were very intelligent, but they were stupid. They had no common sense. They didn't know how to hide behind something to protect themselves from being shot or, you know, just common sense stuff in a firefight. And he said that's how they were able to beat them because they were just, you know, they didn't have no common sense. You're firing at them. We, we go hide behind a building. We fire at them. There's a building there and they stand and, and take the fire. Either they're brave as hell or they're stupid. One of the two, you know, so, but he, but he described them as your, a typical werewolf, a canine type creature that is an alien, a warring alien species. And, you know, so I, I don't know. Like you said, I, I didn't know how to take the story. So you guys know who, Lin, you know who Linda Goffrey is, right? Yeah, Linda, yeah. Okay. Well, I did a conference with Linda uh, about a year later. And I remember telling her the story. And she told me that she heard a story very similar to that, you know, mm-hmm. by a different person. I mean, so that doesn't sound like the sort of, uh, conversation you that you know a stranger you know basically it was two strangers there weren't you it doesn't sound like the conversation a stranger's <laughs> going to tell you unless it's true yeah well I, I think I think he told me for the fact because I was military he was military you know and there's that bond there and trust I don't yeah. think out of a regular ordinary person I don't think he would have said it you know anything to that but mm-hmm. the fact that you know because we were talking about our military experiences prior to that. So, and I guess he was trying to fill me out, fill me out. I was trying to fill him out to make sure, you know, no one was bullshitting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think it would be, uh, quite true because, you know, you, I mean, like we said before, like, you know, we've come across a load of incidents where, you know, these guys are shooting at this dog man or whatever, and it has no effect. You know, they're not going down. You know, they're just sometimes no. they're laughing, you know, so. There's you know. not. I mean, I, I've had stories where, um, you know, guys which I, one, one guy told me he shot one with 357 point blank in the chest twice. Oh. You know, when, when it came off, when it came out of, and see the, the thing that we did with these, these dog men, they're like, they're like raptors. They'll go into an area where they'll let you see the one and why the other ones are coming around from the side. 
Yeah. And, and that's what's going on. This what, and that's what happened with this guy. You know, he's, he's in this, him and his wife, he, he's in his truck. He has a trailer that he's pulling. He's going down the road. Something smacks the side of the trailer and he hits it so hard. It nearly, you know, pushed the, you know, his truck, the trailer over on his truck. So he stops, gets a flashlight, pulls his weapon out and, you know, he looks at it. He sees this huge dent on the side of the trailer, but he sees this thing standing in the middle of the road behind the trailer, puts a light on. He says, it's, this, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a werewolf standing there. And then he hears something off to his right. And then all of a sudden this thing comes out at him off to the right. And he goes, you know, I raised my gun, you know, off with my right hand and, you know, fired two shots at it. And it, it ran. And he goes, I mean, this thing should have dropped to the ground. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it didn't. And, but it ended up going where the other one was standing at. And I think what it is that their, their chest plate, the bone and their chest plate is, um, it, it, it's, it's massive. I mean, it, 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 it's probably like a, a pit bull skull. You know, it's so thick and so, you know, strong that it, 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 it's going to take a shot and it's not going, it's not going to penetrate it. You know, um, I, I, like I said, I think the rib cage, you know, is, is further off to the side and just has this massive, massive bone plate on, in his chest. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't know where to, to stand on that. Cause it, like you said, you know, flesh and blood and all this, but then, I mean, that's where, that's where, if it was flesh and blood, it would have gone down. Well, that's where, that's that's where I want to be. I want to be, this thing is flesh and blood. And like I say, you know, when it comes to UFOs, I want to believe the nuts and bolts, that kind of shit. I don't want to believe, it's not that I don't want to believe. It's just that I I just lean more that way. But when it comes to the dogman and that, and I hear these different accounts, you know, like accounts of these things following people home and rattling doorknobs and all that kind of stuff, just from having a running of, or looking in the window, that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, and then you get the, you know, the people that have these, see it, witness it, and then have terrible nightmares after yeah. it. I mean, where yeah, do you stand, where do well, you stand on that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, that's intelligence. I mean, and talks about with the hand, where these things are able to open doors, uh, the mm. problem solving. You know, I, there, there's one, this woman, um, that I talked to said that her and her friend was being chased by one and they got into the car and they locked a the car and the thing, you know, was trying to open the car door mm. and, and it knew to press the button in and, and trying to open it. And it, and it couldn't. Um, so, I mean, it's the same thing where, you know, they're able to open doors. They can lift windows. Yeah. They know, you know, I don't know if it's because they, they, they see people doing it and they're mocking what people are doing or they're just that intelligent that, they, they're problem solving. And I really believe that when it comes to I the mean, dog. And I think he's more intelligent than Bigfoot is. I mean, yeah. I had a German shepherd and, uh, we had to change the door handles because we used to lock, like put her in the kitchen, you know, when Ooh. we had people around that kind of thing. Cause she was pretty territorial. Um, but she worked out how to open a door, uh, with a handle. She, she'd put a, one paw on the wall, one paw on the handle and push that down and she pushed away from the wall Ooh. and she could open doors. So we had to change all the handles in the house to them round ones. She still have a go at the round one, but she couldn't get a grip on it to, yeah. to, to yeah. do it. You know what I mean? So she, she knew what she was doing. She just couldn't physically do it. You know, she had a form. I think she would have been able to get there, but, but it, it seems to be that boundary between, um, 
you know, rattling the doorknob, looking in the window, this kind of stuff. But the, they seem very rarely to went, or the accounts that I've read, they very rarely enter the property. I mean, what what, what do you think stops them? I, this stops them from entering. Yeah. I you know I. Or do you I, think they do more than we're told? Like I don't know. Oh no 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 we. Um, there was just a case in Kentucky where uh, one walked right into a house, was able to open the door and walk right into a house, and a woman was sitting in the living room with her children. And the thing walked right in, came in from the hallway into the living room, and watched, and he was looking at her and the kids. Yeah. And with, with her and the kids screaming, <laughs> you know, it, it more it frightened it, I think, more than it frightened them, and it took off. But he was able to open the door of the house to get into this house. Yeah. And, you know, this woman was on Dogman Encounters radio show telling her story. And there was another one where a guy, his dog is just going ballistic and he walking into the kitchen and there's a dog man trying to get into the dog port of the house. <laughs> and, and, and the dog is barking at this thing. And he sees this thing where it's got his shoulder and his arm and it's trying to get through. So, you know, they're problem solving. They, they, you know, they try to get in. You know, can you imagine, imagine that you just walk into your kitchen. It's halfway through the dog flapping. You got, you know, you've got is a broom and you just <laughs> get out. <laughs> yeah. I think exactly. take more than a broom to it. Yeah. And, and that other, the other one where it walked into that woman's house, it wasn't on a Saturday night, was it? Cause I've, you know, after a few shear, but I've done this. I've, I've walked into someone's house before, you know, drunk. No, oh, she, this yeah. is my house. Yeah. She, no, she was, she was at home and this was during the day. This was not in the evening. Daytime, this, was a, yeah. this was a daytime thing. Where, you know, um, you know, her door, front door just happened to be unlocked and she was sitting there with the kids playing in the living room and this thing came in. Um, mm. you know, so it's just, she don't, you know, she don't keep that door unlocked anymore. No, I don't blame her. I'm terrible. I mean, I don't know. Where, I mean, where do you stand on the, um, this alien, because, I mean, it's always linked in it, this alien, like, I mean, you've mentioned there about this guy saying that they're possibly an alien species kind of thing, but <laughs> they'd have to be coming here for a long while if that was yeah. true, you know, if all of them were that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I, I don't think it's alien. I think the same, you know, maybe, maybe there is an alien species out there that looks canine, but I don't think it's dog man. Um, I, 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 I don't think Bigfoot is alien. I don't think that he's a pet of alien. I mean, there's a lot of UFO sightings where Bigfoot's involved. And I, I, I think when people see a Bigfoot walk out of a alien ship, yeah. I think that maybe this thing was abducted mm, or, yeah. you know, or, you know, he, they were able to control him, his mind, and maybe they use him for whatever purposes, you know, heavy lifting or, you know, scouting or, or, or whatever, you know, um, but I don't think that he's an alien. I don't think he's an alien pet. He's just something that's, he's like a dog man, something that has always been here, but was able to keep itself from being seen until we start, you know, building more and tearing down their, you know, habitat. So that's why we're seeing a lot more, but you know, I, I don't, I, I really don't like UFO and Bigfoot connections whatsoever. I don't think there's anything, you know, anything to it at all. Other than, like I said, um, through abduction or, but there again, I could be wrong. 
They, mm. I mean, there, there's alien species out there that look human, you know, the Nordics. Uh, so they're, you know, who's to say they're not an alien species that look like Bigfoot or alien species that look like Dogman? Mm. Oh yeah, when you, I mean, when you go into possibilities, I mean, there'll be an alien species out there that looks like a cabbage. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could literally exactly. be anything, couldn't it? So, what be the use yeah. of a cabbage? Yeah. Well, exactly on their planet, you know, <laughs> just to roll around and collect sunlight. You know, I don't know. Well, yeah, well, to build a spaceship. Well, they yeah, might not ever get to quite. that point, you know. <laughs> just depends on your evolution. I mean, some a fish, you know, could never ever become anything other than a fish. It doesn't matter how long it exists, does it? Well, it's going to be different on the planet, isn't it? Yeah, these... Um, I mean, without evolution, you, 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 know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. I will do, mate. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I've been... Uh, you know, so me and Libby looking at this dog man and Bigfoot and all the accounts and the sightings and the interacting. Uh, I'm getting a pattern here, Jody, of maybe these... Not all the time, but most of the time, they, they, um, they go on a... I don't know if they get something off, you know, by people being frightened of them, a fear, you know, where, you know, they, sometimes they look in the window and someone's frightened and they kind of, you know, it's that kind of, uh, psychic connection, a kind of, look, I'm here, you know, you know, and that kind of, uh, fear, you know, it's kind of a, like a psychic vampire in a way. Yeah. I mean, because Dogman doesn't kill all the time, you know, we've been a lot of accounts of, um, him being just there, the guy's been, peed himself and whatever he just walks off so what's your take on it jody this this you know i i, I think he he intimidates yeah. before he i i think killing would be a last on, on a human i think mm. killing would be the last resort okay i think it would yeah. go through intimidation first then through some type of either really really Scaring the crap out of them or like doing a, some type of a bluff charge. Yeah, uh, like like a bluff charge or yeah. doing some type of damage to the vehicle, some type of damage to the home. But maybe a, a bite or a scratch. But like you said, I think the, the killing is gonna be the last last resort. And and you have to look at it this way. You know, it, it, the human species, there's some of there's some people who just are not right. And there's people who are just good. And then you have people who are just evil. Yeah. Okay. And you would have to have that in the Bigfoot community, and you probably got it in the Dogman community. You probably have Dogman out there that really just don't want to tolerate, you know, humans and you know who are just good and just watches them. And I'm going to give you a couple examples of this here. Well, after I'm done, and then you have the ones that are just not right that you know who are vicious and you know uh, that that kill. Example, in, in Kentucky, there's this guy that's got this on film. He says there's this dog man. He sees it on the top of the uh, ridgeline. He has it on film, and you can see this canine. It comes out, sits there, watches the kids get on the bus. It leaves. When the bus comes back, it comes back, sits there, watches the kids get off the bus and walk home. He doesn't do anything but other watch these kids get on and off the bus. Okay. That's worrying though, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of watching and. Yeah. You know, and and that's, he said that's all it's doing. You know, it's not doing anything. Then you have these ones that are take, like in Land Between the Lakes, that were just going killing people. Hmm. You know, and, and, and eating them. So you, you have some of their just who are good and you have some that are bad. Same thing with Bigfoot. You have some that, you know, are just, you know, or who are gentle, 
you know, that will make contact, that won't hurt you, and then you have some that's just going to sit there and throw everything at you and chase you and scare you till you have a heart attack and die or till he gets his hands on you. Mm-hmm. Because those are the ones I think are just, they're, they're, they're the evil ones. They're the ones who just aren't right. You know, just like there are in the human species where you have like killing, you know, serial killers and, you know, racists and things like that. You, you have those, you know, groups and it's, it's, it's just like that. And in these communities, I really believe that, you know, um, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how the way to explain that. Mm. Well, um, <clears throat> I was going to touch on your time in the service then, which we should thank you for at this yeah, point. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, really. Uh, everybody, you know, gets some benefit out of that. And uh, on your travels, you bumped into a few local cryptids. So, do you want to talk about one of them? Yeah. Well, when I was in the army uh, here in the states, um, I was in Michigan. Uh, there's a big training facility up there where the, the Americans and Canadians. Train uh, and we we we've had guys from the UK, Australia, and other countries there. It's a re- it's a really nice training facility, and we I was a 50 caliber machine gun instructor at the time, and we were bringing the ammunition back, and we wanted to get it in there before the ASP closed, which was the ammo supply point, and we decided to go off road, which on a military installation which was a no-no, but we just, we didn't want to get stuck watching the SAMO, you know, for the weekend until it yeah, opened back okay. up on Monday. So we went off road and we were in one of the old blazers, but we still called them Jeeps, just like the Humvees are still considered a Jeep. So I'm sitting in the front. We had a driver, two guys in the back and everything was in the back of there. So the wood line was getting really, really thick. So what we decided to do was that was a bad idea. get back up on the road and just, you know, go really fast and get going. So as the vehicle backing up, then we seen this thing move. He was about 12, maybe 15 feet in front of us. If he would not have moved, we would have never seen him because he blinked into the environment so well. You know, we never noticed him. I mean, actually, we thought maybe a tree hit a tree and the tree was falling. Yeah. You know, that was our first mm-hmm. experience, you know, when this thing, but he, like I said, he walked from when you're looking ahead from your left, to your right. That's how it was. Um, very, like I say, he was about 12, maybe 15 feet in front of the vehicle. So we had perfect view. And this was about 8.30 in the evening, okay, in July. So in, you know, Michigan, that's still pretty light out. Yep. So, I, you know, we, we got great detail of this thing. Um, very muscular body, very human face, had a satural crest on his head, massive jaw. The eyes were like a blackish red color, just totally black and red. Um, like I said, very human face, very muscular body, long arms, long legs. Uh, but the one thing that was quite unique about him was that the hair on his chest and like on his shoulders and head um, was kind of really, really light. Um, mm. Not in color, but like thin. Yeah, very thin. Yeah. Because if you ever seen an animal like a dog with mange, you know, where the hair's off and the, the skin's like real skelly. Yeah. That's that's what it looked like. You know, um, it, he obviously was pretty old. 
Um, but that's what his body looked like. I mean, the skin was very, very skelly and things. So, um, yeah, and he, he just, he just went ahead and moved on, you know, mm. and that was, that was kind of a unique sighting there. And, and that wasn't unusual for people to have sighting of a Bigfoot on that facility. I mean, there was constant, constant people having sightings there. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, you would find tracks, large, you know, tracks out there and, and things. So that, it wasn't uncommon. It's not, it's not uncommon for people to run into Bigfoots and, um, report this, like, mange looking skin. Mm. I mean, why do you think an animal, you know, with some degree of intelligence would let itself get in that condition? Especially if it lives in a, in a group or, you know. Well, you know, the thing of it is you gotta look at it this way. You know, um, they don't have, how, how can I say this? They, they, they're in, a, they're in an environment that changes constantly. We're not. We're, we're, we have shelter. So we're able to take care of our bodies through bathing, washing our hair, you know, taking care of the oil that's on our bodies. You know, so we have protection. They don't, you know, they, they probably don't bathe, you know, as often as humans do. You know, like I said, they're in environments that constantly changing the summer to winter to fall. And, and the skin's gonna, it's gonna crack and it's gonna dry. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I think that as you get, they get older, that's just, you know, you know, it's scurvy or, or, you know, from scratching because of, you know, mites or from, you know, bugs or something like that, you know, that that's causing that. Mm. You know, they, you know, when, when their, their infant mortality rate probably is very high compared mm-hmm. to human, you know, because, you know, they, do they get, you know, rabies? Do they get distempered? Do they get, you know, other diseases like worms, heartworms, things like that because of the environment, you know, things like dog and cats would get or other animals, uh, you know, because of the environment that they live in, because of the food that they eat, you know, they don't, you know, obviously probably don't clean their food. They eat a lot of raw meat, which isn't good. Mm-hmm. You know, the vegetation, you know, yep. do they get, you know, um, uh, poison ivy, poison oak, like we do, you know, I mean, a lot of it, there's a lot of things that, you know, that, um, that probably answers those questions. Yeah. You know, why, yeah. why is it in like that? I mean, I just wonder why they don't use fire, you know, especially if they're in isolated. I mean, obviously this is like a, if a tree falls in the wood and there's nobody there, does it make a sound in it really mm-hmm. when it, well, I'm asking here? Cause I'm, all, I'm talking about isolated areas where there's no people, but. And I wonder if they do use fire and stuff like that in, in isolated areas, because you know you get tribes, don't you? Like uh, you know lost like lost tribes. You know maybe there's fourteen uncontacted tribes in the Amazon, that kind of stuff. Um, and then maybe in North Russia, places like this, there's, there's people living there who, who must use fire and that. And especially well, in the caves, you know, you've got caves. Well, yeah. Be, well, who's to say that he doesn't? That's the yeah. thing. No yeah. one is seeing. You know, we know he uses tools. We know he used, you know, we, we found, we found shelters that would have a large rock in it where there would be other rocks here where they would take the rock, you know, lay the bone and break the rock to get the marrow out of the bone. Yeah. You know, um, and then we found rocks that looked like they were sharpened, 
you know, on one point. So maybe they used that for cutting. Mm. I mean, who, who's to say, you know, until we actually see one actually doing it, they, they could use fire. You know, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of reports out there where people are talking about where these things have used fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where, where would you, where do you believe these things live? I mean, do you think they're like orangutans live up in a tree or, do you, you know, do you think they live on the ground? I mean, why don't we, you know, find these? I mean, we see tree structures, but that's something different. To, right. Yeah, well, possibly. You know, well, the thing, the thing of it is, you know, I, I think they move a lot. I don't think they have one particular area that they, they stay in, you know, um, but on the other hand, animals don't leave a water source and they don't leave a food source. Unless yeah. there's a national disaster or, you know, something's pushing them out of that area. So, you know, you look at a Bigfoot, you know, eight foot, 500 pounds, 600 pounds, you know, this, this guy, you know, he's going to use every waking moment looking for food. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah he, he, he probably has a very high metabolism. You know, he has to take a lot of, protein in so he's not going to have time to do a whole lot of other stuff other than look for food so he probably will find food fill his stomach up he'll sleep he'll get back up and do it again this whole thing when finding bigfoot says you know these things will sleep all day and go out looking yeah right rubbish yeah yeah that that that's bull i mean you know this this, i mean they don't have i mean that's the same as ghost hunters they always turn the lights off you know, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They don't have the luxury that, you know, you and I have where we have a refrigerator and a pantry full of food, you know, that we can go to when we're hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to spend every waking moment looking for what they can to fill them up and then they're going to sleep. Then they're going to get right back up and do it again. And it's, it, that's a process. You know, these things don't have time to sit there and, you know, sleep eight hours you know, and then go try and spend another eight hours looking for food. It just Ooh, doesn't, yep. it doesn't make any sense unless, you know, there's abundance of deer, roadkill, small rodents, or, you know, farm close by that's got a lot of chickens and hens and all that other stuff. Then, yeah, maybe he can sit there and eat and, and sleep for eight hours because the food is so much in abundance that he can do that in the water source. You know, is an abundance. He can do that. Maybe so, but normally, no. I mean, he's you know, if he especially if he has his family with him, he's going to provide for his you know family first before he's going to eat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do you seem know. to be nomadic and possibly migratory as well. Yeah. Um, right. Well, the I thing, believe that. Well, it, and I don't believe a migration. I and like, I mean, you look 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 at the Serengeti, you know, in, in parts of Africa. Animals don't migrate until the flooding season comes. Otherwise, yeah. they're going to drown. Yeah. Okay. Or when the dry season comes, then they'll migrate. But when it goes back to normal, they come right back to the same location. Hmm. Okay. Animals don't migrate unless their food source and water source is gone. You know, same thing with humans. Most humans live within 10 miles of where they were born. Very seldom humans will go further away from where they were born. Okay. Unless if a national disaster finances or the job took them out of the area or they got married. Okay. But most people like you guys, you guys probably live within 10 miles of where you were born. 
Yeah, probably still. Well, yeah, I live nearly in the same house. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but you you see what I'm saying? Same thing. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. You know, we we don't leave our area unless of the you know we're forced out. It's the same yeah. thing with, with most animals. They're not going to leave unless they're forced out. If the food abundance, unless like I said, the food abundance or the water source is gone. That you know, or, you know, natural disaster or whatever. That's the only time they ever leave. So I don't believe in this migration, you know, thing. Maybe winter time, you know, the food source and water source is short, and they'll move to a different location for the winter where it's more abundance, and then come back in the summer. That's possible and feasible. But yeah. in general, I don't think they're going to do it because there's just as many sightings in the summertime as there are in the wintertime as they are during the day than they are at night. Yeah. So there's just not one thing saying, well, they're more active at night in the summertime than they are daytime in the winter. Doesn't I, mean, I, I mean, it makes sense because I, th- I think sometimes, and I'm probably guilty of this myself, we, we sort of put, project our human essence on these creatures and expect them to be you know, because because of the size and yeah. because they're elusive and all that we, we expect them to be i mean the, the billy apes are pretty elusive in it you know there ain't many people seeing the billy apes so but um you know maybe we project these things on them and expect them to build some sort of wigwam or something you know uh, or igloo or i don't know but, <laughs> um you know there's just got no reason to do it i mean they're covered in hair for one thing um, so they don't necessarily need shelter. No, animals don't necessarily need shelter. I know, like orangutans and that, sometimes put leaves over their head, don't they? Um, but in general, they'll just find a, a spot to hunker down if it's bad weather, won't they? So, yeah, I mean, here, here in the states, what we're finding out, like what they'll do is they'll go up against a tree and they'll pull the branches down, break the branches over them, yeah. so where they're where they're covered, so where they can't be seen if something comes by. I, I don't think a Bigfoot worries about a predator attacking him, even though he probably is more vulnerable for attack when he's asleep, you know, by a bear. But I, I really don't think a bear is going to go attack a, a sleeping Bigfoot. No. I mean, and, bears and, generally attack sleeping humans, do they? They'd rather, no. go, for, you know, they'd well, rather go for the cooler. Or... Right. But here, here's the thing. I, I was talking with a veterinarian from the U.S. Forestry Service. And she was telling me that they're finding grizzly bears here in the States and in Alaska with their backs broken and their chest ribcage crushed. Yeah. Okay. And they're finding bears being dug up from their dens and killed. Okay. Yeah. By, by, by something. And they don't know what it is. There's no other predator that does that. I mean, bears, bears can do bear hugs and they can crush, but they can't get to the point where they, they're going to massively crush the rib cage and break the back of another bear. Normally when bears kill each other, it's, it's through biting or scratching. Yeah. Okay. So they have no idea what's doing this, except they believe that maybe it's a Bigfoot. Is, is doing this because the Bigfoot's the only other creature that could probably snap a back of a grizzly. I mean, can or, you can you imagine seeing that a creature killing a bear? Can you imagine? Oh, I, I tell you, I'm gonna tell you a story. I'm gonna tell you a story. <laughs> this guy, this guy was with the U.S. Forestry Service, and he told me this story about seven years ago. Uh, you know, 
and this was at a Bigfoot convention, and um, he, I don't think he told anybody else this, but he, he, you know, he ended up telling me this, that he was out, and this was in Northern California. Okay, he was out, got out of his vehicle, saw a moose. So he was sitting there watching this moose, and so he was snapping, you know, some twigs and stuff as he was laying down, you know, because he wanted to get on the ground and get a better look at this moose from from the angle he was at. And so, you know, he's making these snapping noises and stuff, thinking, well, this moose is going to run. Well, the moose heard something, but it wasn't him that he heard because the moose was looking in a different direction. And he said, all of a sudden, this Bigfoot comes out out of nowhere and just went on this moose and just snapped his neck. He said, boom. I mean, it was instant, snapped its neck. Right. So he's sitting there trying to drag this moose. And he said, here comes this grizzly out of like, you know, out of nowhere again, a grizzly bear shows up. And so the grizzly wants this moose. Okay. And the grizzly's trying to grab the leg of the moose. The Bigfoot's trying to pull the moose. And he said, here comes this other Bigfoot. And he just goes and dives on this bear, picks him up and just, (laughs) and he said, he just, he just like, did this bear hug and shook him and then, you know, killed the bear. He said the one, one, um, Bigfoot pulled off the moose and the other Bigfoot took off the bear. And I, you know, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a very far fetched story, but I mean, this guy was serious as a heart attack when Mm -hmm. he was telling this story, you know, and he goes, man, he goes, no one believes me. No one believes me because I, I swear to God, this happened the same way I'm telling you. Yeah. You know, did, I mean, did they know he was there or? No, no, they didn't. No. I mean, he, like you said, all he was doing was trying to get, you know, get a closer look at it. He was taking the notes and stuff, what the moose was doing because they haven't seen any yeah. in, the, in, yeah. in this, in this area. And, and this was the first one that he saw, he said, you know, and, you know, quite a few months and they don't know what was happening where, why the mooses weren't there. So he got, so he, so he's just taking the notes of the moose about, you know, what he thought the proximate size of the moose was, you know, how old the moose might've been, you know, the weight and things like that, you know, to, to put down in his notes. And then he said, that's when, and he realized, you know, that's why they haven't been seeing moose. And that's why they haven't been seeing bear. Cause these things are killing them off. Mm. You know, I mean, I mean, I still, sort of wonder whether these, you know, cattle mutilations, that kind of thing. I still wonder if that's Bigfoot doing that because you see crushing injuries on them, don't you? No, well, I'm going to tell you, you know, here, we, here in Ohio, in, in Germantown, they got this legend called the Germantown werewolf. It's about, yeah. it's about an hour yeah. north of me. Um, I, I found a cow that was eaten and then a friend of mine, uh, who's another researcher found a cow that was eaten up there, but we also found deers and dogs and things like that, where something was eaten on them. And we, we've got some really good tracks that we pulled out of Germantown and there's definitely something there. Now there's no predator in our area that's big enough to attack and kill a, a, a cow, not even the coyotes that are in this area or even the koi dogs you know, would be able to do it unless there was a large pack of them doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you go out west and you see these regular cattle mutilations that are taking place, I don't think it's UFO related. I don't think it's cryptid related. I think it's pharmaceutical related. I think, you know, 
you know, there's pharmaceutical companies are out there stealing these cows Mm. and they're doing experiments on them and they're throwing the bodies back. It's cheaper to steal one than it is to buy it. Okay. And you, you know, cow blood is the only blood that's out there that's compatible to human blood. A lot of people don't know that cattle blood. It's compatible to human blood. Pig skin is compatible to human skin. Yeah. Okay. And, and, like ventricles and stuff. And... Yeah. You know, so so they're able to, what they're able to do on cow blood, they can use the platelets in cow blood and the plasma, you know, to save a wounded soldier on the battlefield if they mm-hmm. don't if they don't have the proper blood. So, and I think it's pharmaceutical companies doing that. I mean, it makes sense, you know, for all these experiments that are taking place, you know, on these cattle, you know, it's in, in the government, maybe be doing it too. Cause like I said, it's, it's cheaper to steal the cows than it is to go buy cows to do it. Mm-hmm. But why put them back? Yeah. Why not just do what you're going to do yeah. and then bury them all? Well, well, why not? Why not? Why, why would you want people pointing at you doing the experiments and not some far fetched story about aliens doing it? Who's going to believe? The story, is it the government doing it or is it the aliens that are doing it? And people are going to buy the fact that aliens are doing it. Because here, here, here's the thing. We, our government, the UK government, the American government, we, they, they have weapon technology. They have medical technology that no one knows about that they're keeping, yeah. keeping from us. So they're able to do these experiments that look more alien than they do what we've got. Mm. Okay. People say, well, we don't have the technology to do that. You know, well, we probably do, but you just don't know about it. Yep. You know, so then it goes back to, well, it's more alien, you know, sinister, you know, and people seem to believe that and want to believe that more than, oh, no, our government would never do that. Our government would never do that to us. You know, Mm. so and, and that's why they would throw the body back because, hell, make them blame it on the little gray guys. You know, mm, just, yeah. just obviously about two hundred yards away is a shopping of yeah. all these stickers yeah. and the selling you can T-shirts. Just imagine and and like, here, there's, you know. a, there's like an alien spacecraft, like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah like, it, uh, above the earth, just in this little, little aliens sitting in there yeah. with their, their hands in their, their head, like, oh, <laughs> what exactly. are you doing? Exactly, and, it, and it's like you know, you know, the, the farmer's going to get reimbursed through insurance for the lost cow, yeah. so it's a, it's a win-win situation. You know, so, you know, why not, you know, make it that, you know, it's little gray guys doing it, you know, mm-hmm. instead, of, instead of the government, you know, but, you know, that, that's, that's my belief. It's, it's, it's pharmaceutical companies, you know, and government, uh, backed, you know, companies who are doing research that needs these animals to do it for whatever yeah. purpose, for blood or, or, or whatever for, you know, weapon, you know, for weapon, Technology and stuff. I mean, give me an example. Here, here, here's a perfect example. You all know about the story of the Exorcist, right? Yep. Okay. Do you know the, the original bed from the, the 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 real story? The bed is in a vault at Andrews Air Force Base. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Why? <laughs> Why? Exactly. Why? Why mm. does the United States Air Force have custody of the bed? of the child that was possessed by a demon. And the other, other reason why is they're trying to weaponize it. Yeah. That would be the only, that would be the only reason, you know, mm. 
That would be the, the only reason that's, why they, they would have possession of that. I've seen the experiments where the Russians try to harness ghosts for mm. the same reason. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so and that's some, some weird shit. That yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll it is. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird, I mean, Wright Patterson Air Force Base is an hour away from me. You know, and they kept um, German POWs there, and that's the foreign technology base. So if anything foreign falls out of the sky, that's where it goes to. If there was an alien craft that fell to the sky, Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton is where it's going to go. Yeah. But they, but we also kept German POWs there. And the bunker that the, the German POW stayed in was a concrete bunker. And there was a mural on the wall of spaceships and little green men and all that other kind of, you know, weird stuff that the Germans sat there and painted on the walls where they were being held captive at. And what's that all about? You know, so did they know something that we we didn't because they're there. Maybe there was more technology there because it was called right field at the time, yeah. you know, prior That's, to, um, you know, Roswell. It certainly feels like the Germans may have had some sort of, uh, interesting conversation well, with extraterrestrials, didn't it? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I think they did. And I think when they seen how horrible Hitler was, and how horrible the Germans were, I think they kind of backed off yeah. from having, and I, I, cause I really think they, they, they had, I mean, you think about this, you know, the technology Germany had was just phenomenal. If they would have started the war in 1943 or 1944 instead of 1938, we would all be speaking German now. Yeah. You know, because if they would if they would have started a war in forty three or forty four with the technology they had then, at that time, and without you know fighting a war, you know they we would all be under you know the fourth right or the fifth right or whatever it is now what they would be at our time period, you know because they would have had the technology to rule the world, and they got it from somewhere. I mean, you look at the bell, you know that yeah that the was, bell yeah. That, I mean, you know, they were saying that was more of a time machine yeah. than, than, you know, an actual uh, spacecraft. And if you look at it, you know, the the German officer that was in charge of the Bell, I can't I can't remember his name, but there was also a female who was a very well-known uh, psychic medium that was involved in that whole cult in yeah, Germany. Yeah, there was actually... Yeah. Well into the cult, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was another individual that apparently they went to the bell when Germany was falling, and the bell was gone, and so are they. Those three missing people missing, and in here in Kettsburg, back in the uh, '60s, you know, this object just falls out of the sky, you know, that looks like the bell, yeah, and it, and it has all that cult writing on it, you know. So did that thing leave? Germany in 1945 and was in some type of expense and, and, uh, a different, um, um, realm and then ended up falling into 1960s, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you know, Casper, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It, it's just, it, it's, 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 it's just odd, you know, extremely. 
Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. We, said, we, we, well, we know that Hitler, you know, he survived. He, well, there was reports of him going to the Antarctic, wasn't it? Some, the Antarctic kind of... South America. South America, well, you know... The, Argentina. Yeah. Argentina, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then the Antarctic, I know, uh, it fascinated him. And mm. other gyms as well, you know, so... I don't even know how we got onto the Germans. <laughs> I don't know. Just, just, there, yeah. there, there, there's rumours that he even... They made it to the moon in 1945. You know, there, there's there's rumors about that. You know, um, that they they had a spacecraft that was a that was that made it to the moon. Like, mm. I, you know, so who, who knows? I mean, it's just we'll, we'll I never. Mean, I mean, that's always puzzled me is that you know the americans meant to have got the best scientist operation paperclip and we all know about you know from the germans and that and then and then like russia keeps beating them at every milestone you know first mm. astronaut in space first you know first satellite first and it just makes me wonder who really got scientists and you know what you know i don't know mm. i you know i you know that's <laughs> that, that's a whole different story when it comes to uh you know the moon landing and who made it to space first? Cause yeah, I tell you, there, there's a whole lot of Americans don't sit there and think we set foot on the moon. So yeah, well, uh, we, we 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 have this debate, don't we? Yeah, I, mean, I, we, I think we look right, at the yeah. Van Allen belt, and that's what really yeah. gets to me that nothing well, really can go through it. But so no, but see that that's the thing. That's the thing. Know. And the radio at the poles, right? The, the radiation mm. belt is, is so deadly. You would have to have three foot of steel in order to get through it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Lead. You know, or lead rather. I mean, you know, to, you know, to get through it. And there's no way we could have survived going through the radiation bomb. And, and here's the thing, you know, we can't even put a shuttle up in the air without it exploding. Mm. Okay. So how, and, and why have we never been back to the moon? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, and then you look at, you know, the moon landing. I mean, this is a rocket going down. It would have to leave a crater. Where's all these cameras at? I mean, it, I mean, it looks like someone's standing right there with a. To me, it looks just too staged. The Russians made it to space first, okay? So we had to do something to get the American people to have faith in our country. And I, I, I honest, my honest opinion, I think the first moon landing is a hoax. I've always yeah. thought that. I've always believed that. I believe eventually we got there. Through you know Apollo you know twelve thirteen or fourteen maybe mm. we we oh, yeah, did it but Apollo we one right. yeah but Apollo one no that that was somewhere done in the you know Arizona desert or New Mexico desert you know they had to do something to to get America um, you know going again instead of the you know the Russians Ooh. so but but I think we did eventually we did get there but I think it was years 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 later. You know, that, that we did, but, um, and you know, I don't know, but like you said, that radiation belt, how, yeah. you know, how are they going to survive through it? And, and there's just too many questions, you know. I mean, we get, I mean, this goes on to another time, but <laughs> yeah, no, there's yeah. so much, you know, that comes out the internet now and they leave a flat yeah. earth and all this yeah, stuff. And, come on. You know, well, yeah, I, yeah. I feel the same. I feel the same. But I mean, you know, people say, well, I can prove it. Well, prove it, you know, and yeah. it comes out, well, it's provable. And then it's backflip because I don't understand it. It's provable in 10 minutes. It's called a sunset. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. go look it up. You know, but they're saying when they go out, you know, the, the satellite, I mean, they're saying that the, the you know, the, 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 um, the satellite, the space station, mm. you know, mm. it's going round and round and round. Think, yeah, we've definitely got technology up there now. now. My take on that is, I mean, we're supposed to have maybe what? How many satellites up there? Three, four hundred? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, how come the space station doesn't show you one? Yeah. But it's a 24 hour thing. That, that, see again, it's maybe just one of my, uh, it doesn't show you a satellite. So anyway, getting back to, <laughs> yeah, let's get back <laughs> to Earth. Man. I just wanted to end with really, um, yeah. your, your, uh, thoughts for what's going to happen next in this because, at some point, somebody's going to either shoot one of these and bring it down. If I mean, let's assume this hasn't already happened, okay? Someone's going to shoot one of these and bring it down, or run into it, you know, with a car or a truck or that kind of thing. Um, I mean, do you think this is going to get become public knowledge at some point, or do you think you know? I, you know, I don't. I I talked to this woman just the other day, and she told me that her grandfather shot two of them back in like the nineteen. 19- 30s shot two of them on his ranch mm. and buried them in uh but she never her grandfather's dead but she was never was able to find out where they were buried at on the ranch you know and that would be a great find but yeah. here's the thing you know uh, it, it's really hard to say that if one is actually found how would how would it be preceded it's mainstream science or even you and me. Okay. Mm-hmm. The thing about science, okay, science is one minded. They're supposed to be open minded. They're supposed to have different views, but they don't. It's their way or it's, it, it's, it's no other way. That's the way science is. They don't want to be proven wrong. What they're telling you is what, what's right. So if, if a Bigfoot is found or a Darwin is found, they're going to classify it as something other than what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, For the simple okay. fact is they don't want to be proven wrong. And I'll lay money on it. I, if I had a million dollars to lay down, I would bet a million dollars to somewhere in the Smithsonian Institute, there is remains of a Bigfoot or remains of a dog man in that facility somewhere. Yeah. I guarantee it that there is because they get so much of dirt. They're, they're, they're at the point now they're still transferring stuff from paper to the computer system. And they only put out one specimen. If they have two of them, they'll put one out on display. If they only have one, it's sitting in some crate somewhere under a step, you know, or some warehouse or something like that, that no one's ever going to see for years and years and years. And that's probably what it comes to with Bigfoot. They probably have a skull or maybe a full body, um, uh, skeleton, maybe a dog man, they have a skull or something like that, but until they have a second specimen, it's not going out, or maybe they know exactly what it is and they're just keeping it quiet. Or maybe they don't. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe they've got that and they still yeah. don't know. Ooh. Yeah. It, that, it, it, yeah. It's just you know, this whole thing with, you know, when it comes back, you know, the giants and stuff like that, you know, why are they keeping that from people? Well, yeah. Well, it, it, it's all, it, it, it comes to religion. It all, what it comes down is to religion. You know, I mean, the Bible speaks of them, you know, and, and there's proof that they're here, you know, so people are not going to just go crazy crying in the street, pulling their hair out and committing suicide because they're giants, aliens, or Bigfoot, dogmen, and UFOs. Yeah. It's just yeah. not going to happen. People just look at it in the paper and then just believe it. Yeah, then say, yeah. well, yeah. They just, just read it in the paper and then say, uh, and what's on telly tonight? Yeah, you know, let's watch the X Factor. Yeah. Let's, let's watch this. Or... Just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, 
I don't know. Well, it's been absolutely fantastic, Joey. Yeah, today. So really, definitely. Fantastic. I had a good time, guys. Definitely. I think we'll have to um, have you on and maybe yeah, talk if you about come back on, Jody. Some amazing. of the other cryptids. Any, uh, yeah. Any time, and I'll tell you what, I will keep you guys posted on anything new that happens. Um, I'll definitely, definitely keep you updated. Send anything your way if anything new happens. Thanks. And like I said, I'll get um, Adam Bird's information to you. Um, you know, because like I said, he's he's a fantastic UK Bigfoot researcher. Yeah, he is yeah, definitely yeah. somebody yeah, amazing to speak to. to yeah, him, yeah, Ooh. yeah, definitely somebody you want to talk to. But I, any uh, links to any books or anything you want to mention um, before you go? Yeah, yeah, they can go on Amazon, um, Amazon.com. Just type my name in, J O E D Y Cook C O O K, and all my books will come up. Um, they can go on my website. Um, NorthAmericanDogmanProject.com. They can check the information out on there. Um, our DVDs, um, you have to go by the name on my Amazon. So the one we have out now is called the Wisconsin Werewolf. And you can play them on UK DVD players. Okay. Yeah. That's, so, that's, and we're, we're, but that's yeah, a bonus. <laughs> yeah. So we, we were doing, um, we're doing the, um, Beast of Land Between the Lakes now. That will be done yeah. here at the end of the month and be available. Then we're doing the Germantown Werewolf and the Defiance Ohio Werewolf and then the Shenango Valley Werewolf. So those are going to be some really good documentaries uh, that we're going to be doing. Mm. Yeah, I think that Land Between the, the Lakes is going to be a key to a lot of this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it's, it's going to be a Yeah. Seems like a serious hotspot, doesn't it? So. Oh, yeah. Um, well, uh, absolutely great. So thank you very much again. Thank you, Jody. Oh, all right, it's been brother. a pleasure. Thank you. You. Guys, you guys have a good one and take care. Same to you. Thanks, Jody. Right. Take All care right. now. Bye-bye. Right. Bye.